at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. That time again when we go into her story and we are inspired by this woman, Emma Mashinini, who actually not didn't pass away very long ago. It was in 2017 on the 10th of July. And we just want to go delve into her story. What a formidable woman. I'm joined by Mahmoud Fadal, who is a chairperson of the Public Health and Social Development Sector Bargaining Council. He joins us just to pay tribute to this woman. Thank you so much for joining us, Mahmoud. Thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much, and good afternoon to you and your listeners as well. I mean, when when I bring up the name Emma Mashinini, what's the one thing that stands up for you? For me, it is a hero of the working people. Yeah. One does acknowledge her contribution without any resources. Uh, firstly, being a woman, being a black woman that has suffered under apartheid during this whole time, but instead of looking after herself, worried about working people and the struggle of working people let's take it back to you know her her very early days in the struggle because it was almost an an organic process you know nobody sort of went out to recruit her it was through her own personal experiences that she realized something is not quite right here yes yes she was a member of a union and as a worker she realized and you know and, and and i spoke previously and i said of a campaign that uh, the UIF would only give you 10, per, 10 pounds and 51 cents to collect for UIF, mm. and people earn 10 pounds and 50 cents. Mm. And for one penny, she took workers out on strike to protect workers. You know, and she joined, she formed from her early days onwards, and then she, she formed the, uh, the South African Commercial Catering Workers Union, which was prefer, prefer known as Kawusa. And she managed to recruit about 30,000 workers, of course, with other organizers in the, in the movement. And then she contributed to the maternity benefits that, uh, that the workers enjoy today. She was the key principle of organizing that for the workers. I, you know, the, the vigor in which she fought for, number one, obviously, the rights of workers. But she was also so insistent on women being in being being recognized even within the unions themselves so apart from the people they were fighting for uh, and against inside she also advocated a lot for women's rights absolutely you know she was one of the first uh, people in in to to come with a maternity agreement and she indicated that mothers have rights and that displayed her commitment to to the struggle of women as well and women on and black women as well mm-hmm. so in kosatu she was one of the the pillars of kosatu to start kosatu one of the people that initiated kosatu and i remember at the kosatu congress when they had that emblem you know the kosatu yes. emblem yeah it didn't have women yes there. yes yeah the, the, the circle and, and and the wheel and she insisted that we remove one two of the men and we put in the women there and that you could see a commitment to women's struggle i wonder you know mahmoud if this came from her childhood you know she was born in rosettenville but she was born of a woman who was uh, a domestic worker Absolutely. they lived in the back room and and i just wonder whether maybe her influence of her experience with her mother is perhaps what informed her just such a conviction to fighting for women's rights yeah i think you know it's not necessarily a god-given right to become conscious mm. but i think the conditions where you are and our own suffering to see women uh, suffering or workers suffering and when she started with a campaign and you know once you realize that you have potential 
to change conditions and situation. I think that's what inspired her all her life, that she had this great potential to change the condition of people for better, better, bettering uh, people's lives. Um, one of the difficulties is obviously discussing her, you know, her torture. Um, she yes. was one of those people who, who was detained, uh, yes. like many struggle uh, fighters. She was detained for about six months without uh, yes. being charged at all. But yes. the difficulty was, you know, when they released her, being told not to speak of her torture and her imprisonment. Can you imagine? I mean, just, you know, going through all of that and having a cellmate that that was uh, that died in the cell as well and being told you cannot go and speak about your experiences in prison. You know, must the inhumane one didn't want to express himself on the evening. Just like Winnie Mandela, they yeah. kept her for six months in prison naked. Can yeah. you imagine? In solitary confinement. Yeah. And Emma Machinini went through the same. The solitary confinement actually mm. affected her mm. at that time. She had to go to Denmark to go for for for, for counseling for, for therapy. Yes, yeah. and you can see the suffering that uh, that our people went through uh, before the '94 era. I'm I'm just you know I'm just thinking it through, uh, Mahmoud, about when she went seeking um, help in Denmark. She arrives and she, she finds the help and then the therapist says to her, you know, one of the things you need to do for yourself is to distance yourself from politics. This is the only thing that's going to keep you going. And, and the decision to choose not to even consider that. I'm, I'm just wondering what would have been happening in her head to decide, you know, in fact, you know what? Uh, thanks very much for your assistance, but I'm going right back to fight for the good cause. You know, I think that that's, that's our people's... Uh consciousness at that time mm-hmm. uh, creating you know people were willing to give their life so anything in that time to give up the struggle would be in vain mm-hmm. so people would never make a determination on that call um, a lot of people that became mentally ill yeah but wouldn't wouldn't have given up the struggle do we know who she was leaning to when she was in, uh, you know, she was overseas in Denmark. Do you know if there was a mentor maybe there in proximity? I, I don't know the mentor, but I know the unions uh, assisted a lot in terms of uh, the, 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 the federation, the international. It was called FIAT. It was the Commercial Workers Union, previously known as FIAT. Yes. And they played a major role in terms of assisting her because Kausa was part of FIAT yes. at that time. I'm going to open the lines, uh, Mahmoud, because I yes. think lots of people may want to add their voices to the experiences of her and even those who may have never met her, just her contribution to Kosati, as you said, and many other unions. It must be uh, people still still, still uh, reminisce on that even today, especially women. Uh, and I will take those calls on 0891-104-207. I'm in conversation with Mahmoud Fadal, chairperson of the Public Health and Social Development Sectoral Bargaining Council. And we're in conversation about a formidable woman, a woman who's added her voice to the struggle, Emma Mashinini. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. My guest is Mahmoud Fadal, who is a chairperson of the Public Health and Social Development Sectoral Bargaining Council. And we're discussing Emma Mashinini in her story. That's a feature that we have every single week, just honoring women who've dedicated themselves to the struggle of this country. Um, we were speaking, Mahmoud, earlier about her contribution, obviously, to the struggle and so on, and the stuff that we publicly know. But she, she had a difficult personal life. You know, she she had to leave school very early at 14. 
Yes, yes. Of course, she, you know, what was the most, you know, when I spoke to her, what was the most difficult part of her life? Remember, she, she gave birth to three children. I mean, six children. Six children, yes. Yes, and three passed on in the Very internet. early. So that was like, you know, traumatic for any woman, whether black or white, it would be traumatic. And, and the issue here being that they, these were not natural causes. These were the inadequate system that uh, black women were given to care for children. So the healthcare system, which was just not providing proper health care for black women. Absolutely, for black people as such and for women more so. So I think those issues contributed for, you know, for her own, you know, own head torture mm. to have lived through that pain of, of losing a child. I think any mother or any parent mm. would know. And, and she lost three, can you imagine? And going through the emotions of apartheid and her own struggle of, of to support working people. So this all this contributed during the time of a torture, you know, in, a, in, in, in one's head because you take pain and you keep the pain for a long time in your head mm. and anything triggered these pains and that's why she said that, that con- the solitary confinement contributed a lot with her suffering previously. One of the things that we don't uh, honor as well is just playing the dual role and the difficulties. I mean, she was a shop steward, but she was also a floor supervisor. And those two roles did haunt her. They were difficult to, those two worlds were difficult for her to straddle. Yes, but for me, you know, the, the president acknowledged she won the Lutuli Award. Yes. And that in its own was an acknowledgement for her contribution. Yeah. So I think that that, that assisted in, even in, a, in our own comfort of a life, that as much as you when, you when you participate in a struggle, it's not for any fame or gain, mm. but it sometimes it's just the acknowledgement that your contribution is recognized of the contribution you did for the liberation of this country. She did one. Uh, she did uh, get a lot of awards and, and, and she was rewarded in many ways. Her life yes. was celebrated um, to my pleasure, actually. She received uh, the Order of the Baybab and the Order of Lutuli. When yes. she received those, do, do we know how yeah, she felt about she, those? When President Thabo uh, Mbeki was in, in, in government or president at that time, and during those days, she 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 received this award. Uh, Sakawu acknowledged her and made her the honorary president of of the union as well after she retired. And of course, uh, the organization, the Mediation Conciliation Center, approached her to be the president, and she was a. A vibrant president mm. in terms of contributing to collective bargaining. Mm. And and what I'm saying is, you know, how did they land with her? Um, this is a this is a big deal. So do we know how she felt about these the orders of, of Lutuli and the order of the Baibab? Oh yes, when you know when we go to the house, it's it's displayed in the front there. Mm. And I think everyone, you know, you don't have to talk about your your good. Mm. Uh, it's it's acknowledged, you know. It's just like Bishop Tutu wouldn't come around or, or, or former President Nelson Mandela that I did this and this and this mm-hmm. and that. He didn't have to ever mention it till he died. Mm-hmm. But people will always mention and, and history will never forget itself. What, were there anything, was there anything that she felt sh- needed to be done now? Of course, she, you know, they, because of the conditions are different today. Yeah. And she was very strong on, on, on corruption. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was a, a core issue. You know, she was part of... Uh, different organizations opposing corruption. So she was very sensitive to that. But one needs to know that she was quite old now, mm. at a time where, you know, and, and people, when they get old, they get tired. Mm. 
and she was very, very spiritual and religious. Mm-hmm. And people like Bishop Tutu and then were very, very close friends because she worked for the church as well. Mm-hmm. And I think her principles always maintained from the Anglican Church. Mm. And and as you said, you know, she, she, she got tired, she got weary, but, but corruption was, was something that bothered her a bit. Always, always. You know, she, she was quite critical of corruption because corruption in its own affect uh, our economy and we, and we don't want to debate that, but all of us acknowledge where, where we're sitting today. Uh, of the reality of of her six children three died uh, early on and the one passed away at 17 do we know of the others where where, yes. where are they yes molly molly studied in america she's back uh her other daughter studied as well mm. so they they are around they, they're still in centurion uh yes they are still around her book was published in 1989 and and republished in 2012 it's now 2019 any talk yes. of any republication again? Yes, you know her book. In fact, I spoke you know, an interview to your colleague because when I was at Rutgers University studying mediation, uh, you know it was just very surprising that they were reviewing her book mm. at the university. And it was quite nice to mention that. Look, I've worked with Emma Machininis for some time, mm. and and her book was published in many universities, and she was given honorary degrees at many universities. So trade unions, in fact, the International Retail Allied Workers Union, acknowledged her, her, her book as well and, and her contribution. And those messages were at the funeral too. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think the reason I ask is that, you know, this kind of stuff, after a while it fades. And yeah. only those who, who have those treasured works will be able to go back to them. But when you can't get it in the stores, you know, the, 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 memory, the memory fades us. Yeah, it would, you know, so, because you know, if you take books, millions of books are printed. Yeah. But I, and, I, and, and that's the reality. If you ask someone history of, uh, of uh, Salahuddin Ayubi, you know, or any other great uh, leaders, people would forget what happened in, in Kwame and Kuruma. In, you know, so those histories. But I think people's contribution in terms of trade union history, and that is why it's so important, federations like Kosatu or unions like Sakao, still maintain a, a library and the museums are always there as a reminder to us because it's common cause that memories always fade. Mm. History may survive, mm. but memories always fade. Is there anything, Mahmoud, I mean, anecdotal that you remember about her that we may not know? Uh, not, not necessarily. I think everything was on a personal life, on a private life. You know, uh, she was a land commissioner. As I said, she was a, a president of the Mediation Conciliation Center. But I think, uh, you know, people have their personal lives, and I don't think they would express or, or share their personal lives. But I think all I could indicate is that uh, this was a giant, and, and there was no measurement on how strong she was. In, in your view, how, how would we best honor her memory? I think, I th- I think that the, the unions, for me, the unions could ac- acknowledge her and make sure that they, they, they name some, I don't, you know, not necessarily statues of people, but that her memory in the, in the trade union movement or even in government should maintain. Because she, remember, she participated and, and she was a key a role player on the maternity rights of women. Mm. Uh, so without her, I'm not saying it couldn't have happened, but they were the first union under her leadership, under Kawusa's leadership, under her leadership, to, 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 to demand 
from Metro Kishin Kerry maternity rights and paternity rights for men. So that started uh, mm. in, in, in 83, uh, the struggle for women. And, and, and you're saying, how, how do you think we should be honoring her in th- at this time? I think, well, to honor her is, is, is to continue, you know, acknowledging and, and not forgetting her. That's why I said the unions, you know, because to forget a person and, and to have, like Mandela could never be forgotten because you have streets named after Mandela. I'm not, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, indicating, but I think there, there should be events or issues after her should be named. And that's why your memories always stay. If, if, there's a, if there was a street, for example, I mean, Tsubukwe would never, uh, or, or Lutuli, or any one of those would never be forgotten, but because there's street names and, and, and people acknowledge their commitments, and that is how we always honor people by, by, by not forgetting them, naming uh, events or streets or issues on, the, on, on, on them. Really appreciate your time, Mahmoud Fadal, as we honor Emma Mashinini. It's 2.30. Let's go to Udzile Saku for the latest in headlines.